Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. Hi, this is Karen Brown. Thanks for checking out the Mississippi Edition podcast. If you like what you hear, click subscribe, hit like, or leave us a comment if your app has that feature. Then find other MPB podcasts by searching MPB Think Radio on your favorite podcasting platform. Thanks. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Tuesday, December 7th. I'm Michael Guidry in for Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, what new federal infrastructure funding could mean for water systems in Mississippi. Then, families of homicide victims remember their loved ones in Jackson. And a quest to save a spelling bee. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. State Attorney General Lynn Fitch addressed members of the press for the first time since her appearance before the Supreme Court last week. Fitch says she's feeling optimistic that the court will uphold Mississippi's 15-week abortion ban. It was an incredible week last week. You know, you could certainly feel power of prayer. Uh, We were there arguing to overturn Roe v. Wade. Um, It was an incredible experience. We had a great reception from the court. Uh, Again, the support out there when we finished. So feeling very confident about good rulings to come from this United States Supreme Court. The court is expected to issue a ruling on the matter in June or July of next year. The U.S. Environmental Protection Agency is flush with cash in the wake of the trillion-dollar infrastructure bill that passed Congress last month. Agency leaders say they'll aim that money at addressing health issues related to the country's built environment. Radika Fox is the EPA's assistant administrator. She speaks with our Kobe Vance. The bipartisan infrastructure law is is a historic investment in our nation's drinking water and wastewater systems. It's it's really a historic investment in community. Um, About $50 billion of the funds will flow to the Office of Water EPA to distribute to communities around the country um, uh, to invest in their, their water systems. A portion of the funds will be going through the state revolving loan fund program. So these are resources that are provided by an established formula from, by Congress to states to invest in local water projects. Is there anything in the way this money is being distributed that will make it more essential for states to spend the money in the way that y'all are asking them to? 
Well, a couple of things. So one of the things that President Biden and the Congress did with this SRF, the state revolving loan fund money, is they're providing it to states, a half of it, nearly half of it, as grants and forgivable loans. And that's really exciting because for communities like Jackson, Mississippi, that have um, historically struggled to access um, state revolving loan fund dollars, this really kind of opens the door for, for disadvantaged communities. So we uh, are, are really excited to roll up our sleeves and work with states on, on prioritizing those underserved communities. And I should say in the state of Mississippi, um, in 2022 alone, they will be receiving an additional uh, nearly $75 million in uh, resources. A lot of this money is going to be going towards providing safe drinking water in communities here in Mississippi. Could you define what that means to be looking to provide safe drinking water? For the Environmental Protection Agency, our hope and wish for every community across this country, every person across this country, that when they turn on their tap, they know that that water that comes out of that is safe to drink, that the water that comes out of the bathtub is safe for their children to bathe in. And in order to provide reliable, clean, safe water, um, we need water infrastructure. It, it, it's the pipes and the treatment plants and the, the drinking water operators who run these systems that make that possible. And so we really want to um, work with states like Mississippi to utilize this historic amount of money that nearly $75 million for 2022 alone to make the investments in that infrastructure that, that, that deliver that clean, safe water. What kind of projects would y'all like to see this funding be used for? Is it just replacing pipes that have been in the ground, or is there also possible modernization efforts? We absolutely want, hope that states will prioritize getting um, lead pipes out of out of their drinking water systems. We know that there is no safe level of exposure to lead. I'm Professor and Richard President Gershon Biden from the University of has, Mississippi has School of Law. Bold, uh, a bold vision of re- removing 100% of lead service lines. So we certainly hope that those projects will be prioritized. Um, we also know that there are many communities that struggle with um, combined sewer overflows and and, and wastewater pollution. So that also is an eligible use of these funds. Um, for communities who are struggling with uh, PFAS and, and other emerging contaminants, there's actually a dedicated $10 billion in the bipartisan infrastructure law for that. And, you know, I think as these investments are made, whether it's a drinking water project or a stormwater project, you know, we really hope that communities will keep an eye towards making these systems more resilient to a changing climate, that we make investments today and tomorrow that will help a generation, two generations, three generations down the road. So that, that, that's some of our hopes for these resources. What do you think this, these changes could mean for the people who live in these communities with aging water systems? When Administrator Regan was down in Jackson, Mississippi, uh, a few weeks ago, he visited school. It was a school where uh, children had to use porta potties. There was a boil water advisory during his visit. So, what we hope for communities is we will finally be able to address those challenges that people will turn on their tap 
the water will be safe to drink. They flush their toilet, that clean water goes away, is treated, and returned to the environment. That, that communities will have safe, reliable water so that they have the quality of life and, and frankly, the energy and focus on other things. You know, it breaks my heart to hear that, you know, children in Jackson, Mississippi um, are using porta potties. They should not have to deal with that. They should be able to focus on their learning, on their families. Um, so that, that, that is how we hope people's lives will be transformed. I think the other thing to note is that many of the jobs that are going to be created through this infrastructure investment will be good-paying union jobs. They are stable jobs. And so um, we also know that this investment will be a pathway to economic opportunity for so many communities. Radhika Fox is Assistant Administrator of the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency. Coming up, families of homicide victims remember their loved ones in Jackson. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Michael Guidry. State officials and affected families met yesterday to light Mississippi's annual Crime Victims Christmas Tree. This amidst escalating rates of gun violence throughout the state. Sean Tyndall is the state public safety commissioner. He helped put the event together. It certainly touches your heart and reemphasizes the calling that I've had to be involved, whether it was as a prosecutor or now at the Department of Public Safety, to take on these roles where we're trying to uh, make Mississippi a safer place and prevent crime, uh, and also to be there for victims of crime as we try to work to resolve pending cases and and things of that nature and seek justice. Um, It's a time as we remember and celebrate Christmas to remember those that, that have suffered greatly. Uh, over the years with the loss of loved ones. MPB's Kobe Vance was in attendance at the Christmas tree lighting. While he was there, he met Bria Hudson, who's a Jackson resident. So I'm here supporting the um, Bratton family. Um, we had, um, she goes to my church, and um, I'm a close family uh, friend to Patricia Bratton. And we, I'm here supporting Ashley Bratton, who passed um, February 12th. Um, she was murdered in her home. Remembering her, what does um, being able to come here to this event today mean for you? Um, well, um, Ashley a- Ashley actually looked up to me as her mentor, and so I was very saddened when I got the call about um, her being murdered in her house. And so just knowing about this, her mom reached out to me and asked me to come here to support, and I'm just glad to hear that they are sitting aside a day um, to just remember her and all of those who um, have been victims of crime in the Jackson area. What did Ashley mean to you? Um, she was very thoughtful, loving. She was like a little sister to me. Um, so when we lost her, we lost uh, a big part of our family and um, church family at True Light Baptist Church. Whenever you hear about things like this happening to other people, and did you anticipate having somebody from somebody that you knew and you were close to die from an act of violence? Um, it really saddens my heart because um, a- actually Ashley's. Um, 
the whole issue hasn't been solved by um, JPD. So um, we're still um, praying and hoping that they find the person who did it. And so just knowing that they are sitting aside and letting Jackson know that they are not forgotten um, just um, helps me and the family to know that we are not forgotten. So I'm glad that they're having this event. There's been a lot of crime here in the city of Jackson, led to a lot of homicides. Um, I think some people said the city's on rate to, for record numbers this year. What does that mean to you as a resident here in Jackson? It, um, it actually makes me scared. Um, now that the time has changed, I try to go to, from work to home because um, I'm, I'm scared because I, you just never know what's going to happen to me in my home. Just as Ashley, she was in her home and somebody came to her front door and killed her. So I'm, I'm concerned as a citizen of Jackson. Estelle White is also a resident of Jackson. I'm here in the memories of my brother, Anthony Gordon. He got shot down on Bailey Avenue trying to save someone else's life, and they end up taking his life. And I'm praying that today that will be a blessing to other people of what is happening all around our city with all the crime going on today, that we need to come more together instead of fighting against one another. What does it mean for you to be able to remember your brother in this manner today? It means a lot to me because I'm like, he called me big sister, but he always say I'm the second mother. So that means a lot to me, and I miss him a whole lot. But now that the holidays are occurring, it's, it's hard to deal with, but God got help us made it through it. You said that he gave his life trying to save somebody else's. What does that mean for you to, as a sister? that he's a strong man and he didn't have to do it but he did it because that's someone that he cared deeply about I guess if he wouldn't have he wouldn't have never done it the city of Jackson seen a lot of crime in this past year you know how are you as a resident of Jackson feeling in the city since we've seen so much crime well I'm feeling sad because innocent people are losing their lives for petty stuff that's going on when it could be changed, turn your life around and change for the better because his life is too short. Jesus died on the cross so we can have life and have it more abundantly. So you ought to think about when you take someone else's life, the hurt that both families have to endure for the things that are going on around here. And I think they really need to do something seriously about this crime because things like nothing is stopping it. It's just getting, it's getting worse and worse and it's not getting better. That's Jackson resident Estelle White. Coming up, a quest to save a spelling bee. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Michael Guidry. Most public servants in rural Mississippi wear multiple hats. In some cases, they take on responsibilities far outside their normal workload. Because when resources and manpower are tight, that's what the job requires. Every so often, that turns into an incredible opportunity to make a difference in the state. Wilson Beck is director of Columbus Lowndes County Chamber of Commerce. He speaks with MPB's Rob Lane. We took over as the uh, uh, coordinators of our district spelling bee last year. It was previously under the direction 
uh, a rotation of our school district. And for continuity's sake, they reached out and asked me if I would, uh, you know, take over from the chamber side um, to develop a, l- a little bit of continuity. And so we told them that we would. Uh, so we were fresh into it last year. And I had contacted our state coordinator with tons of questions. And so this year I wanted to be well prepared. And so I kept up with the, uh, the, all of the, locate, the deadline uh, information that's all located on the Scripps National website. Well, I kept on pulling up the website and looking for our deadlines, looking for our deadlines, and it never would appear. And so I, I called our state uh, sponsor, our state coordinator back, and I said, um, you know, why, why, why aren't we seeing anything? What's going on? And she said, she then informed me that, uh, you know, they were no longer going to be the state sponsors. And I said, well, who is? And she just said, as of right now, there there is not one. I then... Uh, got further information that not only do we not have one, but if we did not secure one, that Mississippi would be the first state in the history of the Scripps National Spelling Bee to not have a participant on the national level. So when I told that to my uh, education committee, uh, they would not. They, they said that's not happening. That we refuse to let that happen, and so that's where our journey began to locate a new state sponsor, locate a new state coordinator, all of the above. Can you help us sort of contextualize? Do you happen to know how many kids in your county typically compete to participate in the spelling bee on a given year? Just sort of help us wrap our heads around what it would have meant to potentially lose something like this. So each district is different. Uh, I will say here in our district last year, we had 43 participants. Um, and so that is the importance of this is these, those 43 kids got an experience, uh, to be able to get on stage, to be able to use, uh, their talents in, in a, in a way that's kind of, you know, it, it's, it's big for them. You know, it, it's, it's, it's getting on a stage. It's actually, uh, doing these things that, that they are talented in and to take that away from them to, 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 for, for them to suffer because, you know, potentially the adults couldn't get it together. Uh, that's what gave us the motivation to, to to continue is to make sure that these kids have that opportunity. So if you take, uh, you know, 43 times 82, if you do uh, quick math, there's 82 counties in Mississippi, you're talking about over 3,500 students um, that would potentially not have the experience of having a district level B. Um, and, and out of those, uh, out of those kids, out of, out of that, each district, uh, produces uh, one or two state participants, um, and then so you're looking at uh, you know not not all counties send sta- state participants, but uh, typically in a given year we have learned from the previous state sponsor that uh, it's it's about 40 to 50 kids uh, that participate on a state level each year. So this is a pretty big project. It sounds like I mean you guys stumbled on this early and you were flag bearers in terms of of getting this up to the point where it needed to be. What did it entail to really go from a spelling bee that, as you describe it, just wasn't going to happen to now something that that looks like it's going to work? I have come up with with a saying uh, through this, and uh, I, I was quoted in the paper and, and our local paper and all that here. Uh, but but the, the the burden of information lights the torch of responsibility, right? So it wasn't it wasn't our necessarily our responsibility to you know locate or search out a new state sponsor, uh, but we knew you know we had that knowledge, and so we took that knowledge and we made it our responsibility, and um, and so for for it to to 
be able to to develop into this, and uh, it's just something that we are taking so much pride in. Uh, we are actually moving um, the state bee from uh, Jackson to Columbus, and so we're actually going to highlight our area. Uh, and it's yet to be seen whether or not we will continue to do this uh, in in years past, or excuse me, in, in years past this year. But uh, we are going to this year move the state spelling bee from Jackson to Columbus, um, and we are just excited to to highlight our area. We're excited about the the economic impact that it's going to have, and uh, we are just going to roll out the red carpet and make sure that all of these kids and parents and uh, uh, support system they are they are made to feel very very welcome uh, when they come to Columbus. You kind of indicated this earlier, but there's a bit of burying the lead here because, as you said, if Mississippi didn't have a spelling bee, which seemed like it was set to not do um, up until you guys stepped in, and Mississippi would be, what, the only state in the history of the Scripps bee not to send anyone? Is that correct? Uh, that is correct. It would be the first time in the history of Scripps National that a state was not represented. Is that troubling to you? I mean, you know, in a state that's, you know, that's obviously, you know, behind where we would like to be in a lot of education metrics, what would it have meant to not send anyone to the spelling bee? And and why is it important that now we're set up to send folks again this year? You know, my my Thanksgiving meal didn't even taste right. Honestly, I, I was just so worried. Uh, the whole time uh, that, that this wasn't going to happen, we had met with a couple of folks um, over the past, you know, uh, month that we we thought that it was going to make, you know, some, some headway. We thought we were making progress, and then all of a sudden it was literally a situation where dominoes have to fall in order. And so for us to finally catch that momentum and make those dominoes fall into order – it, it's just a huge break for us and, and just something that we're, we're just so proud of. And what it means is, you know, it's just like you said, what what would that look like for the state of Mississippi that, uh, it, I mean, there's no secret that, you know, we, we struggle in education and, and, and all of that. And it's not for lack of effort. We, I mean, I know several educators and, and, and people in our education system that are terrific people. Um, so it's, it's, you know, that, that is something that we'll have to figure out over time, and I know that we will get it taken care of and get it improved. Um, but, you know, the, the irony of Mississippi being, you know, the hardest, basically the hardest state to spell, and then, uh, and then we wouldn't have a participant for the first time in history is, is uh, something, you know, uh, uh, we joke about here. But, uh, but definitely it's, it's a serious matter that, that we took very seriously, and, and uh, you know, it means a lot that we will still be represented on a national level, and we want to continue uh, and build upon that because from what we have learned, um, the minimum sponsorship level sends one kid to the national level. And there, there is, from what I understand, there is no limit to how many kids you can send to nationals. It's all based on the amount of sponsorship dollars that, that is uh, paid for. So uh, once again, we're taking this. We've got a fresh set of eyes. We've got people that are energetic and, and so, you know, just ready to, to take this on. Uh, we definitely look forward to um, increasing our sponsorship level and be able to send more kids um, to the national level. Wilson Beck is director of Columbus Lowndes County Chamber of Commerce. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Stay tuned for a full slate of Mississippi-based programs all morning long. Coming up at 9, it is Money Talks. And at 10, no, I'm sorry, coming up at 9, it is Fix It 101. 
No, no, it's like money talks. And then at 10, it's in legal terms. And at 11, stay tuned for Southern Remedy. Find past episodes of this and other Think Radio programs online at mpbonline.org. I'm Michael Guidry, in for Karen Brown. Join us again tomorrow morning at 8.30 for the next Mississippi edition on MPB Think Radio. Thanks for listening to the Mississippi Edition podcast from MPB News and MPB Think Radio. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And if your app lets you, leave a comment or review. We really do appreciate it. Remember, you can always get in touch with MPB News on Facebook and Twitter. And fresh episodes of the podcast are posted every weekday morning. I'm Karen Brown. Thanks for listening. This is Mississippi Edition from MPB Think Radio.